Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Oh, yeah, baby. Welcome back. It is the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, here, of course, and joined by my brothers, Michael and Jason Petrop. What's up, boys? What up, dog? You know what's funny, man? This is our third time doing this intro, but the first intro started by Tim explaining that we just did a team consultation with a patron, and it was a good time. We talked about his team. We gave him some trade suggestions. And right now, 10 minutes after we got off with him, someone in the Discord just asked if he should trade. He just asked about the trade. So his league mate is in our Discord. And everyone was like, no, don't do that. So it would have worked. <laughs> he was thinking about it. Oh, man. Oh, Are you really sure funny. this is the same guy? Are you sure this is the guy in his it league? It has to be. Yeah, it has to be. I'm so- going to DM him right now and ask, but... If you guys aren't aware of what we're talking about, because Jason just, I didn't explain it. We gave a consultation to one of the people, his name, uh, I won't say, now that we know that a listener might be listening. I don't know. I feel like uh, I feel like this is conflict of interest at this point. We're helping one Brodo person trade with another <laughs> Brodo person. Um, but we had a team consultation. One of the perks on our Patreon. At patreon.com slash brotofantasy, we can get private team consultations. We looked at his team. He, sh- he screen shared with us. We looked at everyone in his league. We looked at who's vulnerable, where. We at- we told him some trade targets. We told him who we trade for those targets, how to – we told him how we would even sell the people that we were trading. So, um, yeah, it was a good time, and it's one of the perks of Patreon. If you join now, patreon.com slash brotofantasy, you can get so many extra things, so many uh, great perks, including the Discord – the Discord we're talking to right now, which has become really the Brodo fam. I love I love being on the Discord every day. It's 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 like a it's like a cool hangout spot uh, that everyone. It's so cool that there's people who breaking news happens, and the Discord is the first place they come. And I love talking to um, the Discord about all things fantasy, and you could do that. Plus the extra episode, plus the DFS optimizer, and tons tons more. And of course, you'd be supporting. The Fantasy Football by Brodo app. In the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, you get the Start Sit tool, the greatest tool of all time. Fantasy player cards, which is basically their entire profile in a more fun, interactive way. Player comps, podcast consistency charts, usage tool, coaching tendencies, articles, waivers, and of course, advanced statistics like true throw value, true target value, true performance value, and adjusted air yards. So, what is there not to love about this? And the articles, a new article just came out today, buy low, sell high. Two articles came out today, actually, so go check that out. It is the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, and it is available everywhere you can download your apps. With that being said, this is a very, very important week. This is the week where the buys begin. It is no longer time where you can just play what you think is the best version of your team and just let it fly. No. This is the time when maybe you were sitting Allen Robinson because he was a bust. You can't anymore. Maybe Brandon Ayuk, you were sitting him because he was a bust. Can't no more. Because you're going to have to play some of these guys. Or you could work the wire, you could make some trades, you could make some pickup, and you could be with us at the top. That's what we're trying to be. What do you guys say, Mike and Jaden? What do you say? 
I can show you the world. I'm gonna be <laughs> who I wanna be. Play when I wanna play. Everybody, one clap. Remember that? Was that DJ? I don't remember that at all. No, I have no idea. DJ something. About. Remember, ESPN decided they're gonna turn everything into a song for a little while. They hired that DJ and just made everything into a song after they did it with Randy Moss. Oh, yeah, that's right. Remember that's the right. Tim Unleash Tim Tebow. Let him play. It's oh, time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I actually that like was those. who they were fired. I think so. that was my ringtone. <laughs> yeah, I think Jason Deadass made that his ringtone. That's how you know Jason was super lame as I was, a child. I was gonna and say, now, like, but just, more so as a child. Just uh, Jason. Yeah, that's the dumbest shit I ever giving heard. Giving away honestly. his nerdiness, uh, one one step at a time. Oh, look at this! I I so I, I had to sign into Michael's rankings so I could download them so I could we could send them over to the Broto app uh, for Cass. By the way, happy birthday. Santiago Casanova. Fuck yeah. It's a day late, but our, our math and magician, it's his birthday. So shout out everyone. Uh, hit him up at BrotoFF Casanova on Twitter and, and, and give him a happy belated birthday. It was yesterday. Um, the math and magician himself. Yes, sir. Happy birthday, Cass. Um, and the way he's celebrating his birthday is he, have a, he has a bunch of bye weeks. Um, but, oh, yeah. What, what I was going to say was that, I, I, Michael, I have your, uh, I had to log into Fantasy Pros for Michael. And I have his his ranking still logged in. I could really like fuck with your rankings right now, if I really wanted to. Why? Why would you <laughs> want to do that? Because I'm because the the older brother inside of me will always just want to mess with his little brothers just a little bit, just a little bit. Like it it gets less and less every year. But I always have just a little inkling to. So just, it like, goes mess like a little bit. The less like the less you want to, um annoy us the more annoying you become outside of trying to annoy us basically it's like a <laughs> pendulum it, it's a it's it's a really a catch-22 uh by I'm the way very confused by the entire statement the thursday night game is kicking off as we speak J- that dog you hear in the background is coming from both ends because jason's girlfriend's dog right now is going absolutely crazy what's going on with mickey bro what's up no, he's he's chilling. He barked a couple times. If you guys hear a bark, it's my he's been going girlfriend's wild. five pound Yorkie. Five pounds of cute dog. little booger. A lot of bark. That guy can bark. <laughs> that guy can bark. Uh, he's like my son, like a little little thing, but loud. And he can he can loud reach, noises. He can reach some heights. Speaking of loud noises, there's loud Rick noises. Killed a guy. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna go to London. We're going to go to London for the Dolphins. You want some black and white pudding? For the Dolphins at the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know what's mad that they eat a lot of in London? Sticky toffee pudding. Jason was just telling me about that. Um, I'm going to start this off with a hot take right off the bat, right right even before we get into any of the players. Jacksonville wins this game. This is their first win. You mean Philadelphia? Oh, I thought you were talking about the Thursday night game, the Philly-Tampa Bay game. I was like, what no. are you talking about? No. Jacksonville wins. You said London. London, man. London. You this sound is... like you're from London. Didn't didn't Jacksonville win their... No, they, they've they won a London game in the past. Not their, not last season. Last season, they only not won last year because they only won week one. Yes. But they've won, they haven't even won a game. In since. fact, the Jacksonville Jaguars, for those who don't know, are basically the home team of London because they play in London every year for whatever reason. And like the the guys that are around the NFL podcast, I don't know if you listen to it, but they're great. And they went to London and they said there was Blake Bortles jerseys was the number one most popular jersey they saw on the stands. So Jacksonville is definitely the home team there. 
the Dolphins, this is Tua might be back. Uh, it, it is trending towards Tua playing. Um, so, yeah. what do you get out of Miami? Because there was nothing really special happening when Tua was in. So, let's start on the Miami side. Um, we've seen what they are with Jacoby Brissett. Uh, you assume that Tua will be better than Jacoby Brissett. That is not a high bar to hurdle. Um, how are you feeling about not only Tua, Tua playing, but playing some of his weapons? Jalen Waddle definitely looks like a better play with Tua under center. Um, Devontae Parker traveled to London. We still don't know if he's going to play. But how do you feel about those wide receiver weapons? I, th- I feel like Michael's going to call me stupid after I say this. But what if it's worse for fantasy that Tua is healthy? I th- I think that that's, I know a, that that's a... We want... Definitely a, a valid thing that you're saying. Definitely. We want the better quarterback out there. But... It's a game against Jacksonville with a young quarterback who's coming off of injury. Jacoby Brissett was throwing 40 to 50 times a game. I doubt they're going to make Tua do that off of injury. So I feel like the entire team's volume is going to decrease with Tua out there. And it's going to be more of a run game. And who the fuck knows if if they go run heavy, if Malcolm Brown's going to be the main running back. Because Gaskin blew up last week, but he had 10 receptions. Before that, it looked like Malcolm Brown and Selvan Ahmed were going to get the rushes for Gaskin. So I feel like this game has ugliness written all over it and because Tua's coming back. But Michael thinks I'm stupid. That's correct. I think you're both (laughs) being stupid. We're talking about Jacoby Brissett, guys. You know who's last in true throw value? Besides Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's played, what, half of a game this year? Jacoby Brissett. Let's stop the craziness. Let's uh let's stop talking about Jacoby Brissett being a better option than Tua. Okay. Talking about the volume. They're not gonna throw 50 times. Yeah. We'll see how the game goes. But either way, if I have Devontae Parker, I'd rather Tua Tagovailoa be at quarterback than Jacoby Brissett. One thousand percent. Okay, yeah. I think that- it's very yeah, for the wide Very receivers. Very silly to think otherwise. But, I mean, there is one guy who definitely benefited, and that was Mike Kosicki. Uh, Mike Kosicki has been the more, the most playable Dolphin so far, the most consistently good Dolphin of anyone. And a lot of people probably have grown to depend on Mike Kosicki over the past few weeks. His role it was amplified with Jacoby Brissett. Do you think that he keeps that role with Tua? Um, yeah, I'm a... A little bit concerned about Kasiki because the only time Miami didn't use Kasiki was week one when they were leading. Um, and now this is a game where they will have a chance to actually lead for the first time in weeks. They've been playing awful. Um, they've had I mean, I don't I don't blame them for struggling with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, and they're losing a bunch of um pieces on their offense as well. Will Fuller going down, Devontae Parker is a little banged up. But with that being said, um, you have to play Mike Gesicki this week because he's been a uh, weekly tight end one ever since that really bad week one in this tight end landscape with six teams on by. Like, I have Ricky Seals-Jones in t- inside my top 12 tight ends this week. Like, this is what we're looking at at the tight end position yeah. at this point in time. So I'm definitely starting Mike Gesicki this week. And he's honestly been the only trustworthy asset at this time because Devontae Parker, he's been solid. He's probably the most reasonable guy to trust if you're trying to trust a wide receiver 
on that team, but Jalen Waddle, right? Like he's supposed to be this PPR machine. He's kind of falling off um, the face of the earth right now. That's another good thing for him, having Tua back, who's more accurate and a better quarterback than Jacoby Brissett is. So, I mean, I I wouldn't want to play Jalen Waddle this week, really, but in a pinch, I understand with the bye weeks entering um, PPR leagues, he makes more sense of a flex play. Devontae Parker as well, same thing. But I really think Kasiki is probably the strongest option besides, um, well, besides no one. Kasiki the strongest option, I'd say. Wow, O.J. Howard, touchdown. Who had O.J. Howard? I started O.J. Howard in our Dynasty League. No, you didn't. Let's go. Why? Yes, I did. Why would you do Kyle Pitts like is on that? by. Kyle Pitts is on by. Oh, my Let's God. go. I, now that I think about it, O.J. And Howard, also, Tim, probably not the worst play. That's that's Tom Brady against you very much. Oh, man. Michael and I are facing I'm playing off. Tim in our home league. Michael, that's Tom Brady. Super hot start for Tom Brady right now. Michael's team has been good. We're both projected the exact same amount of points, so it's going to be a close matchup according to the Yahoo projections, but we'll see. Um, that team's 3-2. and two. Your team's 4-1, and one, right? So heavyweight matchup. Heavyweight matchup. Uh, speaking of heavyweight matchup, that is not what we're talking about What we're talking about the Miami defense versus the Jacksonville Jaguars offense. Now, the, uh, the Jaguars offense is coming off their best week of the season. Miami has been, yo, the worst. Miami gives up the second most points to running backs. They have the, they get the second most plays per game running them. They've given up the second most big plays. They are super vulnerable. So the question is, are is is Jacksonville a good enough team to take advantage of this matchup the way that it's meant to be taken advantage of? If you are looking at, oh, I'm, I'm facing the Dolphins, I'm going to have these these players. I think James Robinson is a great play. I think that you guys agree with that. The question is going to be... Tremendous play. Yeah, um, tremendous play. Real quick, I just want to say, the the Dolphins have allowed six top 24 running back performances through five weeks. Just keep that in mind. It's a a smash spot here for Robinson. That's going to continue, 100%. And so now you're talking about Marvin Jones, right? You're talking about LaVisca Chenault. LaVisca Chenault last week, we saw his role completely change. He went from the inside slot guy to the outside receiver. Tavon Austin went into the slot, and all of a sudden, Tavon Austin has five catches, right? So I think if you are a LaVisca Chenault truther, the reason why you think Chenault is such a great play is because he was, you know, the guy getting the end arounds and the guy being put all over the formation, and that's Tavon Austin now, according to last game. This is how they did it last game. Now, this could change going forward, but we have to assume it's not because when DJ Chark went down, LaVisca Chenault took DJ Shark's spot. Like, he just moved into that spot. That worries me. Marvin Jones, you've expected him to have big games two weeks in a row now, and he hasn't. So both of these guys worry me, even though, it, the the you know, it's this is a good matchup where you should be comfortable playing them. How do you guys feel about them? And all of that said, you haven't even mentioned Jamal Agnew, who had eight targets last week, led the team. And Dan Arnold, who had six catches for 64 yards, also on eight targets. So this this team is not a we like we like funnel teams. The Seahawks are always a great example when Russ is healealthy, Russ DK Lockett, Carson, those are the guys you're starting. This is the opposite, man, like entirely. And you know you're starting James Robinson. Trevor Lawrence is a good play, I believe, as a streamer this week because the Dolphins defense sucks giving up the fourth most points to running quarterbacks and Lawrence has been using his legs more recently. And then it's possible for Lawrence to be a QB one with his 
work being spread out a bunch of bunch of pass catchers. I like Dan Arnold as a potential streaming tight end more than any receiver not named Marvin Jones. Like I'm not touching anyone in my flex. No Chenault, Tavon, Agnew. Marvin Jones. It's tough, man. I mean, it's still a good matchup, and he's still Lawrence's best weapon so far this year. So I'm okay with throwing him in your flex. I'm I'm cool with putting uh Chenault in the flex if you're um dealing with bye weeks. We're talking about a Miami Dolphins team who just allowed Tom Brady. I know it's Tom Brady, but first ever 400 yard five passing touchdown game ever at 44 years old. Um, the Miami defense has not been what it was the last couple of years. Um, I'm okay with taking a shot on Jones, like Jason said, or Chenault in the flex. If you need to, though, like these aren't guys I'm actively trying to target or actively happily starting at this point because it's just been a shit show. And I, I discussed true throw value with Jacoby Brissett. You know who, if you don't count Jacoby Brissett, the four worst players in true throw value are this season? Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, and Mac Jones. Oh, boy. The rookie quarterbacks have been absolutely atrocious this year from a fantasy standpoint and for their weapons. And when you're that inefficient, the targets don't really matter that much, which is why we created true values. And, yeah, so I'm not going to target Marvin Jones or LaVisca Chenault just because it seems like they make it eight or seven targets. So Chanel got one target last week. I'm I'm starting Dan Arnold. That's my favorite of the bunch. He got eight targets. They traded for him. I'm starting Dan Arnold. That's all Tim, I Tim, you like Dan Arnold? That's all, Shocking. That's, that's all I got to say about that. Uh, yeah, well, you guys said Dan Arnold was a piece of crap, and I told you he's not, and here he is making plays. Um, let's go on to the next game, unless there's anyone who wants. One good game in his life. All right. Fuck you babbling about. We'll see. We'll see. Potential, kid. Potential. Um, anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? No. No. Well, Miles Gaskin had that random oh, 10 right. reception. How do we forget Miles Gaskin? Explosion. Yeah. I think he worked his way back into low end RB2 flex status, no but way. you cannot expect something like this to happen again. I also think they were just really trying to get something going in the backfield without running because Tampa Bay is so damn good at stopping the run. So I think this is definitely more of a outlier than it is something you can expect moving forward. I think my miles Gaskin is a, is a big time sell. Um, the reason why is because, you know, this was a big outlier, but also let's not forget the fact that this, this happened with no Will Fuller, no Devonte Parker, no, um, another receiver that I cannot recall his name at the moment. Only Jalen Waddle. And Miles Gaskin. Preston Williams? Yes, Preston Williams. Thank you. Uh, only That's it. Just them. So, that's what he did. He went to Gaskin. That's not going to happen again. Especially not with Tua. They're not going to throw as much. Uh, let's go to the next game. Vikings at the Panthers. The Panthers are number one in fantasy and points against to the running back. Did you guys know that? That will not be the case. Number at, one? No. Number They've one. They've been... Absolutely tremendous outside of Zeke and Pollard. Yeah, so number one in fantasy points against the running back. They will not be number one after this game. Uh, Delvin Cook is coming back, and he is going to eat. Uh, Dalvin Cook is uh, a masterpiece. I love that fucking guy. Um, no, a masterpiece. He's a masterpiece. Also, 
Carolina is dead. Tim wants to make him into a Jackson Pollock. Am I right? <laughs> Surprisingly, Carolina is dead last in DVOA <laughs> against the number one receiver. Big day for Justin Jefferson, in my opinion. Adam Thielen, I'm not so high on. I th- they've been when did a big day for Justin Jefferson though. What? Here's the thing though. I I concur with you. It's it's going to be one or the other when it comes to Jefferson and Thielen this week. The the last time the Panthers allowed a quarterback to go over 200 yards was Zach Wilson in week 1 with 258. Besides that, no quarterback has thrown for over 200 yards against them. Kirk Cousins has had two mediocre back-to-back weeks. His passer rating is 103. When he's targeting Justin Jefferson, it jumps up to 131. Wow. You're starting Jefferson, and you're hoping that he gets 50% of Cousins' yards, which is entirely possible. And Thielen at this point is a touchdown-dependent wide receiver two or three. That's what he's been for a while now. It's just when he doesn't score a touchdown two games in a row, it's it's more alarming. Um, yeah, I mean, for sure. Uh, this is what it is with him, though, right? He's he's so good at catching a touchdown, yes, but at the same time, he still has to catch a touchdown. And last year, he had a great touchdown year, and he only caught 10. And that's what you're going to get. You're going to get 10 touchdowns, and he's already caught how many touchdowns? He's already caught four touchdowns? Yeah. I mean, but the last two games, as we've, as we've seen, less than seven points in each without the touchdowns. Jason right. pointed out last week how dependent – Thielen has been on touchdowns. It's it's pretty uh pretty crazy how touchdown dependent this guy has has actually been um over the course of the last couple seasons. And I don't think you could touch Tyler Conklin at this point either with the way Kirk Cousins he started off extremely hot these last two weeks has really struggled. I don't think you could trust a third option right now when you can't even trust the second option in Thielen, right? So I, I don't see how you could trust someone like Tyler Conklin or KJ Osborne just Use Justin Jefferson. If you need to use Thielen, use Thielen. It is a decent spot here against Carolina. It's not the worst spot. It's also not the best. Um, and then, obviously, Cook or Madison, whichever one's starting, although it does seem like Cook is going to return. I think the Panther side is a lot more simple. Um, DJ Moore is a always play, and it's, this is a smash spot. Uh, Patrick Peterson has not been good this year. CMC might play. If CMC plays, you obviously play CMC as a top three running back, right? Everyone else in the Panthers. I think you should obviously play Chuba too. Yeah, okay. You're going to play you the running 25 back. 25 rushes last year. You're right. If, CM, if CMC plays, you're playing CMC. If not, you're playing Chuba. Like that, that's a, these are no doubts. Like Chuba's, where do you have guys have him ranked this, this week? If like around running back 15, 16, if, that's, well, if CMC doesn't play? He'll end up there. Right now, I have CMC in my rankings, but yeah, me too. I'll adjust accordingly. Right, exactly. Like that's where he's gonna yeah, be. Yeah, so. I'll end up having him around the RB fifteen through twenty, one of those spots. So that's those are smash plays. Everyone else, you're just sitting. Uh, you you can make a case for Sam Darnold, but this has been a good Minnesota Vikings defense, and especially the last few games, uh, they've been a streaky defense forever, really. So they're streaky yet again. Um, I don't. I, Sam Darnold was doing well with the rushing stuff, but he hasn't been the same guy without CMC. If CFC, CMC plays, maybe Sam Darnold, but there's no way I'm playing Robbie Anderson at this point. There's no way I'm playing Terrace Marshall. They, they really haven't done anything. So this is it. It's CMC, DJ Moore, and Sam Darnold maybe if he's, CMC plays. 
I concur entirely. Robbie Anderson can suck it. I'm not touching him. Uh, when it comes to Sam Darnold, he's the quarterback nine on the season, and that's with the fact that he's leading the league in touchdowns, rushing, rushing touchdowns. So his numbers are inflated a bit here. The Vikings have been decent in Tim's favorite stat, DVOA. They're fifth in the league, so they're a good defense. So I um, And we see Hurts to Ertz. For the touchdown, Ertz was a slam dunk. He was my tight end five this week, I think. Such a slam dunk play once Goddard. Yeah, I also had him in my top 12 tight ends. I have him in the in the million uh, maker. I also have him in my top 12 tight ends. Let's get it. I'll conclude by saying Sam Donald will not score as many points as Hertz or Brady tonight. So you probably shouldn't start him. Heineke is the best streamer this week by far. Yeah, I think Heineke is a great streamer this week. But we'll get to Taylor Heineke when we get to the next game. Let's get into the next game. It is the Rams at the – no, no, I'm sorry. It's the Chargers at the Ravens. Um, my hot take this week is I think this is a Keenan Allen week. I know it's been a Mike Williams – last week was the Mike Williams show and he went off. But Baltimore has struggled guarding the slot, 20th in DVOA, and they've been really good on the outsides. And Mike Williams is in every week – Mike Williams, I'm not saying don't, like, sit him. But I think this is a the week where Keenan Allen could have a better week than Mike Williams. I have them ranked as such. How do you guys feel about that? You know what's funny, man? We were on this pod last week. Like, maybe we shouldn't anoint Mike Williams a wide receiver one just yet. But even if he's a wide receiver two, he's going to pay off. And then he just goes and says, ah, fuck you, boys. I'm a wide receiver one, whether you like it or not. So right now, I, I love it. I just, I can't say it's going to be a, Keenan Allen week. I just, it's just not what I'm going to be able to say right now. Keenan Allen has been very useful with a limited ceiling. He's like wide receiver 24, I believe, on the season. Like he's not killing you, but you did hope for a little more upside um, when you drafted him. The hope here is that a good shootout um, is going to do well for him. This is the third highest matchup in uh, combined plays. So the average plays the Chargers run, average plays the Ravens run. Third highest matchup of the week. Justin Herbert literally just had an insane game. Like everyone's talking about what Lamar Jackson did because that was prime time. Lamar Jackson had a top 20 quarterback performance ever. Justin Herbert outscored him. Justin Herbert also had a top 20 quarterback performance ever. So you want, you want these guys' weapons. You want Allen, Williams, Hollywood Brown. I'm excited to see what Bateman can do in this game. Sammy Watkins, per usual, is playing with a great quarterback and sucks fucking everything on earth. So don't touch Sammy Watkins, even though this should be a good game for scoring. I, I do want to add that uh, Ravens have only allowed one top 24 wide receiver so far this year, which does um, introduce a little bit of hesitation with these guys, but Justin Herbert's top 10 in true throw value. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are second and fifth, respectively, in true target value. They're going to get theirs. Um, I'd play them happily against Baltimore, even in a tough matchup. Um, We just saw Michael Pittman have a nice day against Baltimore. So it's not like they're not beatable through the air. And this this could end up being a, a shootout type of game. Don't touch the damn running backs, though. Enough with these running backs. Like, Murray, Freeman, and Tyson Williams all played last week. None of them played over 50% of the snaps. None of them had a good fantasy day. Like, this isn't the Ravens of old anymore. The Ravens of old 
were successful because they had Gus Edwards if J.K. Dobbins wasn't in. They had J.K. Dobbins. They had Mark Ingram when he was still good. They were able to just kick Mark Ingram to the curb as soon as he downgraded a little bit because they had other weapons to replace him with. They lost their three running backs. And you can't just, I'm sorry, it doesn't matter what scheme you have, it's not going to be easy to just find someone to replace those guys and be as successful, and it hasn't been. And we've seen it because the Ravens are just turning into more of a just straight passing team way more than they've been these past couple of years. Yes, last week was a negative game script, which forced them to basically throw the entire second half, but it's been how it's been going this season. And um, if we're going to have a three-headed backfield when a running quarterback is on the team and doesn't really pass to the running back, there should be nothing telling you to play one of these guys. Like, there's no reason to, in my opinion, at all. I mean, there could be a chance that they get a touchdown in this game. The Chargers have been apt to give up rushing touchdowns. So I think that's the one thing you could say for the Ravens running backs, particularly Murray. So, I mean, sure, if you want to... fucking sucks. Yeah, if you want to bet on a touchdown... Latavius Murray's name might as well be John Kuhn at this point. Yes. that Jason, you, for the second straight week, you tried that joke, and this time it landed. Well done. It's not a joke, though. Yeah, but last, I time, used you, to, last time you said something. I, I that, told that, this story before. John Kuhn. When we started our league, it was 20 yards per point, standard scoring. Touchdowns were... Kinger than kings, and no, and, and no, I would start uh, John Kuhn on bye weeks. Let's hold and on, have hold on. success. Hold on, and don't forget there was no fractional points. So if you got 19 yards, you got one point. No, no, I'm sorry. If you got 19 yes. yards, you got no points. Yeah, it's wild. By the way, it has been confirmed the patrons that we were discussing earlier are in the same league. We <laughs> we cock blocked on the consultation trade. <laughs> oh man, the patrons get a load sure. of that. <laughs> um, so that's it for that game Let's go to the next one The Rams at the Giants Look, last week I said the Cowboys would expose the Giants As a defense that is overrated um, I said multiple times that the Giants defense was overrated on Twitter this week I mean, uh, uh, during the offseason And, yo, I got hammered by Giants fans You'll never have a worse interaction on Twitter Than someone whose name is like At NY Giants full for life with a Y you know, like <laughs> that is the number one worst interaction you're gonna have. Um, but they're they got exposed last week, and I think. Are you ra- sure it's not? Sorry, are you sure the worst interaction is not gonna be with at cocky fantasy football analyst? FF. Sure, that's it's gonna be worse than that. <laughs> no, I think because uh, at least cocky fantasy football analyst, like, I don't know, I could handle that. I can't cocky Giants fans just like, dude. Get out of here with this. Um, anyway, I think the Rams are going to do the same thing. I think the Rams are going to expose this Giants defense for being very susceptible to getting scored on. I think you're going to see a lot of Robert Woods and Cooper Cup early. And then you're going to see a lot of Daryl Henderson late because there's probably going to be a lead involved, particularly if Mike Glennon plays. Now, they say that Daniel Jones is on the mend and he's on pace. He was in the concussion protocol, by the way. They say he's on pace, but with that being said, even Daniel Jones is not a great matchup against his Rams defense that's really phenomenal. So, start, phenomenal. start, start. See, Tim is, 
timid is baby voice these days. It keeps coming out. He's really? he's a phenomenal. Did right? I really? It was a phenomenal game. Did oh, I the baby wants to crack up. Daddy, daddy. That's how the Rams are gonna do to the Giants defense this week. Oh snap! Um, yeah, but for sure, I'm starting all the Rams that I can start in this game. Um. Yeah, the Rams, like you said, with the Giants, I don't see how you could trust that. Devontae Booker is just the pure volume-based low-end RB2 flex play um, because, I mean, he got every single touch after Barkley went out. He's going to be in line to play a shit ton of snaps. So just based on volume alone, he's a low-end RB2 flex play who, if he finds end zone a couple times, which he did last week, he could be higher than that. So there is some upside, even in a difficult matchup. But the Rams, you could run on them a little bit. And then Kadarius Tony, you have to play, in my opinion. Um, this guy just absolutely went off. He played only 54% of snaps and didn't even run north of 25 routes. I think he ran like 22 routes. And he put up 189 yards on 10 catches. Absolutely absurd. Like the dude had a monster game. He didn't even find the end zone and he put up a ginormous, um, a ginormous fantasy performance. He's practicing limited over the past couple of games, so he should be good to go. I know Sterling Shepard's coming back, Darius Slayton and all that. You got to play Kadarius Tony after these last two weeks. The dude looks like an absolute monster on the field. You're not excited about the matchup, but you got to play it. You have to. Um, Devontae Booker is interesting to me because the Rams, they were a really good rush defense this last year, and they're still good this year. They're about middle of the pack in terms of fantasy points against. But that's almost double as good as they were a lot, uh, uh, that as a matchup as they were last year. So if you, if you automatically are, are fading a running back who's going to get all the touches just because they're playing the Rams, like not so fast. That was the Rams last year. This year the Rams are, are gettable on the ground a little bit. So Devontae Booker, um, Devontae Booker definitely is worth a play. So I just wanted to put that out there. Is anyone in this game, that, anyone else in this game you guys want to talk about? Well, we didn't really talk about the Rams. Well, I was well, I was um, I, 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 I say I'm going to play all my Rams. What do you say, Michael? And then Michael goes, uh, uh yeah. Right. So Devonte Booker. <laughs> all right, I just want ah, to note Tom, then. Well, because you just completely Brady. skipped the damn. You completely skipped the damn. Uh, the Giants, bro. I started with the Rams. What are you talking about? You were the one that skipped the 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 Rams. You did not. You started talking about Mike Glennon and Daniel Jones. You did not start with the Rams. That's why I was confused I, I about said, your I was talking transition. About, I was talking about Mike Glennon and Daniel Jones making it a making it a blowout so that Daryl Henderson gets mad carries. Either way, Tim, Tom Brady is putting in work against you, boyo. No, fuck. Shit. What I was gonna say is Daryl Henderson's been fucking awesome. Like super consistent. Very just super paying off at value. We liked him a lot in drafts. And now he gets the Giants, Lions, and Texans. So you have yourself an RB1 for the next three weeks at least. Those are dream matchups. Acquire Henderson before Sunday if you want in on that. Somehow he's still overlooked. Uh, Somehow. Who knows? I, I even think that... Tony Michelle. If you're an Tony Shell's gonna be Sean McVay's running back. If you are, uh, <laughs> I assume that's how you talk. If you thought that, if you are in desperate need of a bye week play and you need like a, an outside dart throw in your wide receiver three spot, um, I think that Van Jefferson's a good play. Van Jefferson's an interesting dart throw esque 
play, but it's not like he's not getting work. Um, Robert Woods finally had a Robert Woods ice cream sandwich type game week five, which put Van Jefferson to the side a little bit. But I think he's really made it clear that he's a third option, even ahead of Tyler Higby. Like Tyler Higby has scored a couple touchdowns this year, but outside of that has done nothing um, as a receiver. And Matt Stafford is third right now in true throw value. So, Which I mean, is why you start Tyler Higby. No, man, you're not. Whatever. If you want to start Tyler Higby, go ahead, because he has a good shot of finding the end zone. That's about it. Tyler Higby's not this top five tight end. He's never going to be anything. No one said he's fucking top five. Who are you starting over him in the back end tight end range? Right. Ricky Steele Ricky Jones. Tales Jones. Yes. Give me someone else. I would start him. I, I didn't say him. I didn't say sit Tyler Higby. I said Van Jefferson gets more targets, which is a fact. So Van Jefferson isn't a terrible dart throw if you're struggling with buys and injuries and such. Guys, I'm going to look into the crystal ball and tell you that this week, Deshaun Jackson's catching a 60-yard touchdown pass. Well, uh, so now you got to go and, and muddle the waters with Deshaun Jackson. You're not going to start him. It'd be absurd to start him. But Desha- he likes playing against the Giants. He's say- in New York. He's going to do it. Huh. He's gonna do it. Interesting. You guys want to make a bet? Deshaun Jackson outscores Van Jefferson. I have I have Deshaun Jackson in a dynasty. I'll take that bet. Mock it down. Tim, you want in or no? Van Jefferson I'm, and Deshaun Jackson. I'll watch battle. you guys on this one. I'll sit. I'll sit this right. one out. I uh I have Deshaun Jackson in one of my fantasy leagues. I mean one of my dynasty leagues, and I uh I have a buy. I have a bunch of buys. So maybe maybe Jason's. I'm gonna be rooting for Jason's uh prediction to come true. Let's go on to the next one. Really ugly game. Texans at the Colts. Um, the Colts secondary has been trash. Uh, this could be a good Brandon Cooks game. He has a 31% target share on the season. I wouldn't look too much into last year where, I mean, last week where Chris Connolly and, and Moore got two big plays that really kind of inflated their stats. Uh, he's still the guy to have, and I'm not interested in any other Texans at all. What do you guys think about the Texans? Correct, but shout out Davis Mills for doing what he did against a Bill Belichick offense as a rookie. Absolutely absurd. 300 yards and three touchdowns. As a rookie, against a Belichick-led defense, I'm like, I was mind-boggled. Crazy. And they were in, they should have won the game, to be completely honest. That was a tremendous performance by Davis Mills. Yeah, I agree. It makes me concerned about Zach Wilson, because Zach Wilson looked like he didn't know how to throw a ball against Belichick, and then Davis Mills starts slinging it. I, I but with I that said, deep into that, I'm not touching any. Don't don't start a Texans running back. Don't start a Texans receiver outside of Cooks, and even Cooks, it's not my favorite play on earth. Now, the Colts lost their starting cornerbacks against Baltimore. Got absolutely torched over the second half, and overtime, legit next level bad passing defense. So I'm. This is one of the weeks where I'm okay starting Brandon Cooks, and he's he's due a little bit after two down games. Let's go over to the other side. The Colts. The Colts have a history of lighting up the Texans. Uh, T.Y. Hilton has a history of lighting up the Texans. Um, T.Y. Hilton might play in this game, but I'm not. that's not me telling you to start T.Y. Hilton. I think Michael Pittman has clearly established himself as the number one target here. Houston has been a good defense against wide receivers, so if you look at their, like if you're on Yahoo and you see their matchup, it's red. They're 20, they've given up the 26th least fantasy points to wide receivers. But that's because they get blown out. I don't think this Colts team is good enough to pull a Buffalo Bills on them. I don't think that this 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 Colts team can put them away after three quarters or two and a half quarters like the Bills did. 
I don't think they have that in them. So I think Pittman should still eat because of that. Um, it's Pittman's turn to be the destroyer of the Texans, and I'm uh, I'm aboard the Michael Pittman train, man. I think he's a low-end wide receiver too this week. Yeah, if you look at what he's done over the last four weeks, he's averaging 10 targets, 6.5 catches, 85 yards. Um, he's he's the guy right now for the Colts, and he's making it he's making it known that touchdown catch you had last week was beautiful. It was the play of the first half. If it wasn't the first half, I recall correctly, that second half went on forever and ever um, of excitement. But Michael Pittman's really stands out right now, and is really the only Colts receiver you can start. Zach Pascal has maintained his thirty to fifty yards a game, but he's not finding the end zone. If you want to take that shot, good luck. I don't know if I want to take that shot. The thing is, the Texans have allowed nine rushing touchdowns already this year. It's week six, so at almost two a game. So I am expecting Jonathan Taylor to feast. And on the other side, not at the other side, on in the other hand, Mo Cox uh, kind of getting involved. Two touchdowns in week four. Week five, he goes three for 50. Out-targeted Jack Doyle, four to one. Texans are giving up the most points to opposing tight ends in the league. Mo Alley Cox has a little bit of a sleeper, sleeper tight end to him. Can I ask you a question? Who would you rather start, Mo Alley Cox or Dan Arnold? Arnold. Yeah, Arnold. I actually have that decision. That was a question for Tim. I, have I, could, I could tell that I you're have asking a, for yourself. I have the decision in Dynasty. So Jonathan Taylor, I think, has RB1 potential overall this week. Now, not just top 12 RBs. Like, he can be the number one overall RB against this Houston defense. What about Naheem Hines? Um, the the defense has been bad against the pass catching back, too. Do you think he's a playable guy this week? He hasn't been the past um, few weeks. Yeah. I think he's he's obviously going to mix in, and I don't think Jonathan Taylor has RB one overall potential per se. I do just because they they don't give him the ball at a monster rate. Um, they mix in Marlon Mack, they mix in Naheem Hines. The issue here is it's a bad matchup for Naheem Hines because it's a good matchup for the Colts. Um, this is probably the only time all year they're going to be favored by a touchdown or more, right? Like unless they play the the text, unless like they're favored again when they play the Texans again. They play the Texans. They haven't played the Texans yet, right? This is the first meeting between the two. Mm-hmm. So, like, I wouldn't want to trust Naheem Hines in this matchup. You have to chase game script when it comes to pass catching running backs. Like, J.D. McKissick goes against Kansas City this week. Now would be a perfect time to plug and play McKissick if you need to. Um, Naheem Hines is not in a good spot here against Houston. Speaking of McKissick, let's go on to the next game. The Chiefs. Versus the Washington football team. Um, I think McKissick is a shady play, like you were saying. Kansas City is 28th in DVOA against the running back out of the backfield. They've surren- they're have they surrendering over five catches and over 54 yards to running backs. Uh, that's the fifth worst. So that is McKissick territory, and I think that even you might see Antonio Gibson sneak in three receptions for 27 yards or something like that. Um I like Tyler Hennigy in this matchup. We'll talk about them, but let's talk about the running backs first. Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick, I think you can both start them. You can start them in with confidence. I'm never starting J.D. McKissick with confidence. I, I think, think you guys you are can. tripping a little I think bit. I you can this week. He's and Antonio Gibson, field. too, right now, is he, he's getting more hype this week because he found the end zone last week. Like Right now, he's a, he's a little touchdown dependent because he's not really getting passing game work. But if there's a week that you think they're going to go off then this is the week like the chiefs are allowing the most points to quarterbacks 
Washington second. Like, this is going to be a high-scoring affair. The over-under is 55 points. 56 now. It moves. Uh, okay, so it's 56 now. You're, you want to start Gibson. McKissick is a deep flex play in PPR leagues only, though. Um, Ricky Seals-Jones has stream appeal, as Michael mentioned, even though he was an asshole about it with Tyler Higby. And then Tyler McLaurin is a slam dunk. Terry. And on the Chiefs side of the ball, you know where you're starting there, too. So I feel like this game doesn't have a lot of question marks. You're starting Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill, Daryl Williams. I'm starting happily. The, the real question is, do you want to take a shot on McKissick or Ricky Seals-Jones for this game? And I don't mind taking a shot on either. Ricky Seals-Jones basically just is doing what Logan Thomas was doing. Same routes. If anything, he's getting more red zone targets. I should check the numbers. I don't have proof of that, but I feel like he's getting targeted more in the red zone than Thomas was. I mean, we saw Ricky Seals-Jones just destroy someone in the end zone. Just a straight jump ball from Heineke and just caught it super easily. He's a big-ass dude. The Kansas City Chiefs are getting absolutely zero pressure on the quarterback right now, and that is making their defense literally the worst for in any type of any type of measurement that you have. Um, so do you take a look at DeAndre Carter in this game? Eight targets, four for fifty-two last week. Maybe if you need a bye week fill in, DeAndre Carter is a name that you could. This is assuming Dami Brown won't play. We don't know if he will play or not. But you look, the coaching staff said good things about Carter, and he got eight targets. Could be a sneaky, 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 sneakity, sneaky. Yeah, I'm not going to go for DeAndre Carter, man. Like, uh, this guy's a, a journeyman type of guy who just had his first good game ever. If you're going to trust a Washington player, it's Terry McLaurin, it's Antonio Gibson, maybe McKissick in the flex to chase the game script upside, and... Ricky Seals Jones, who played, who just took over Logan Thomas's role, by the way. Yeah. Um, literally everything Logan Thomas was doing, Ricky Seals Jones did. Played nearly 100% of the snaps, ran all the passing routes, caught the passes. He's a big athletic guy. There's a reason why other people know him as Ricky Heels Bones, because the guy just doesn't get hurt either. Even when he does get hurt, he just <laughs> recovers really fast. Um, so, yeah. I I would not want to trust DeAndre Carter. Mike, you said that in the same sentence like they had anything to do with each other. It's like, yeah, you know, big athletic guy. People even know him as a guy who heals quick. Like, what the what? Um, he heals bones. Let's go over to uh, the, the <laughs> Kansas City side because guys, McCole Hardman had twelve targets last week, and I know you don't want to hear it. I don't give a fuck. I know you don't want to hear it, but this Washington secondary I legit is don't give a fuck. Horrible. If you're gonna Bro, bet if, on a McCole Hardman game, this might be the one. Cause you look, we could all we could we Tyree could all, Hill, hold on. We could all agree that McCole no. Hardman has the potential to bust. Just have to pick the right spot. This might be it. Obviously. This might be it. No. I want to make a Hardman bet because I want to make a Hardman bet. Well, Tyreek Hill also missed practice on Thursday, so it might be no Tyree Kill, which would definitely yeah. if Tyreek Hill is out, that's a different there. story. I still wouldn't go crazy for Hardman because Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle and shit are also going to play. But, like, no, I'm not going to chase Miko Hardman if Tyreek Hill plays. I think it's going to be a huge Travis Kelsey week. He's due for a monster performance. He slacked in week four, had a good game in week six, uh, excuse me, week five, but not, like, a huge game. Um, Washington is awful. 
just awful against the pass right now. Hopefully Tyreek Hill plays because he has some huge upside, if so. Um, but the only way I'm maybe trusting Michael Hardman is if Tyreek Hill is out, man. I'm not trusting this guy anyways. Like, we've seen games where Demarcus Robinson gets, like, nine targets in the past, and you don't chase those. Why are you going to chase the one where Michael Hardman had, like, 12 targets? Where the Chiefs, firstly, were getting destroyed by the Bills, right? And we're trailing the entire time. That does not happen with the Chiefs. So I'm not going to chase a Miko Hardman game. A Miko Hardman game is a fairy tale. It's a fake story you tell your kids. <laughs> well, I think Miko Hardman has some sleeper potential. You should uh, you should read Baby Dennis a Miko Hardman story when he goes to sleep. Tonight. Let's make a bet. Hardman outside the top 45 wide receivers. Okay, I'll make that bet, yes. I'm I'm jumping in on this one too. I can't believe you guys are okay. Um Daryl This Williams. is obviously if Tyreek Hill is out. Uh I mean if Tyreek Hill plays. If he's no, out, no, no, no. this no doesn't caveats. count. No caveats. Shut up, Tim. No caveats. Look, I, you guys can obviously you guys it's can for make Tyreek Hill. You guys can make up betting rules off the top of your head every week, but I can't but I can't defend my We've take on. We've done this like a million times. You suck. We've literally done this like a million times. You suck. Fuck. This is why you always win the bets because you're this guy. Oh, no, Jason this agrees bet with me OD right this now. This bet doesn't count if this happens. No. Anyway. Um, Daryl Williams. Interesting. I'll take it either way. I don't give a fuck. Because you guys mentioned on the uh, the waiver pod, shout out to patreon.com slash Fantasy, that Daryl Williams was a good pickup two weeks ago because he was becoming the third down back. He was becoming the pass catching back. It's interesting because when you think of Jarek McKinnon, you think that that's going to be his role in this offense. But Daryl Williams saw most of the work when CEH went down, and there's no reason to believe that's not going to happen. I'm pretty high on Daryl Williams this week. I think he has RB2 upside for sure. How are you guys feeling about him? I'm firing him up, man. Uh, I think there's a chance he plays more snaps percentage-wise than CEH has in a single game this year because he was the third down and goal back, so now he'll be the early down back too. And it's possible Mc, McKinnon mixes in, and maybe he mixes in more than I think he will. But I don't think he will mix in that much. Jarek McKinnon is just a name that people like saying like for years. They're just those guys who people just don't quit. Jarek McKinnon is that. And Daryl Williams has been getting burn over him for a reason. I don't think that's going to change just because CEH is out. I never understand when people think the third person on the depth chart is going to hop the second when the first gets hurt. There's no logical sense in that. If the team thought the third guy was better, he'd be fucking second. Because it's not like Darryl Williams was just the pass catching That's what I was going like to say. Specialist. There is no. something to be said about like... Wait. But that's the only time when it works. Like James White's not going to step up and be the main back, what right? What about Khalil Herbert? Obviously. Khalil Herbert. Damian Williams. They were like 50-50. That works. What's your point? Man, that they he need... didn't take over, though. He didn't. You're right. He didn't take over all the way. And that's one example that it actually kind of worked. It never happens. Yeah. Uh, obviously, starting Mahomes in this game, you're starting Hill. You're, if he's healthy, you're starting Kelsey. Anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? Josh Gordon. Pretty cool that he's playing again. 
Nope. Just stream Taylor Heineke. Let's go to the next game. The Packers at the Bears. Guys, Aaron Rodgers completely destroyed the Bears last year. He threw for eight touchdowns against the Bears. And the Bears are getting torched by number one wide receivers this year. Uh, Devontae Adams is my number one overall uh, wide receiver. I also have great confidence in Aaron Jones. I don't have really any interests besides that, though. Robert Tunyon, I'm I'm okay with you starting him, but he has not been the guy you drafted him to be. Um, A.J. Dillon is a guy who's been in the conversation of, oh, does this guy have, you know, flex potential? Um, but I'm not really excited to start him in this game against the Bears, whose run defense is better than their pass defense. So what say you about these Packers? It's Rodgers, it's... it's Devontae Adams and it's Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones to me. Dude, how many years has it been where the backup running back for the Packers has a type of game that A.J. Dillon had? Jamal yeah. Williams has been doing it for years. And every time it happens, the world melts. Relax. I'm not starting A.J. Dillon in my flex. And I'm starting Aaron Jones confidently. And it's just something that happens in Green Bay. Sometimes they decide that they don't want Aaron Jones to be the workhorse for a certain game. That's fine. Whatever. It sucks for that week, but I'm not going to panic over it. You'd think people would learn. Like, it's, it's been happening for years. I'm with Jason. You play Aaron Jones happily. Um, he's a high-end RB1 every week. You start Devontae Adams. The wide receiver two spots since MVS went down. Even with MVS, has always been a toss-up. Aaron Lazard hasn't stepped up. Randall Cobb has had a couple good games. In his career, he's been great against Chicago. Um, Chicago has struggled against a slot receiver a bit, which makes Randall Cobb like a super deep flex play. Not the worst idea. For what it's worth, um, Randall... But not someone you're happily starting. For what it's worth, according to PFF, Randall Cobb has one of the top, like, um, top advantages when it comes to matchup in the league. Whatever that, Whatever that's worth. Just adding to what you're saying. The, the Bears have struggled against the slot receiver, but that's about it for the, the Packers. Let's go over to the other side because the Packers' defense is vulnerable. I think that Allen Robinson, if there's any time that he might have a game, it's this game. Uh, the Packers have been bad against wide receivers since Jair, Alex- Jair Alexander went down. There's no other way to put it. And Allen Robinson is still getting targets, uh, maybe not as many as Daryl Mooney got in that one game. But I wouldn't just assume that Daryl Mooney is taking over the number one receiver spot because he had one game where Justin Fields in, in his second game ever decided that he was going to target him more than he targeted Allen Robinson. Uh, I'm I'm not overreacting to his that. His name is Darnell, Tim. Darnell, Jeez Louise. Um, I'm not overreacting to that. So I think that if you have Allen Robinson, it's ugly, but I'm willing to start him as a wide receiver three. And if he doesn't produce in this week, that might be it for me and Allen Robinson. But I think that this might surprise people and be a decent game. Look, you might say people are some people have been saying people are overreacting with Allen Robinson. No, people are just reacting. Yeah. Because you also have to react. Like you can't just overreact. You can't underreact. You also have to just react. And if you don't think Allen Robinson has been pure trash this season and just bringing down fantasy teams, you're bugging out because he hasn't even scored double digits one time. He was a third or fourth round pick 
And you likely have started him several weeks because you've been forced to because you spent such a high pick on him. I do not want anything to do with Allen Robinson, even in a great matchup, as anything more than a flex play. If you want to put him in your flex and hope he finally has a big game, sure. But I understand the Packers have been bad against the pass. Jair Alexander is out. That doesn't discount the fact that the Chicago Bears passing offense has been one of the worst passing offenses we've seen in recent memory, to be completely honest. Whether it's Justin Fields, Andy Dalton, Justin Fields was named the starter. Guess what? He didn't play any better than what he has been playing like this season. Darnell Mooney, come on, yo. It's a joke. Like, Darnell Mooney, like, there was a, a big fantasy analyst a couple of weeks ago who wrote, Darnell Mooney is, my, is the guy to go and get now. And I responded, like, no, this is stupid. Like, look at true throw values and all this shit. And it's true. There's no reason to start Darnell Mooney. Sometimes you just have to be logical. Is there a chance Darnell Mooney becomes a weekly starter this year? No. Look at the Bears offense. If Allen Robinson can't be a weekly starter, Darnell Mooney is not going to be a weekly starter. He is not even close to Allen Robinson's level. I understand he had a fun, exciting, semi-impressive rookie season. Sucks for him. Like, it's not... Not now with Chicago. It's just not going to happen with this current offense. There, None of these guys are going to be consistent options. If one ever does become a consistent option, it's going to be Allen Robinson because he's proven in the past he could play with bad quarterback play. But this year has been by far the worst we've seen. Michael, tell him how you really feel about the Bears offense. I don't, I don't think uh, you were very forceful in your tone. Um, <laughs> we're gonna go through a whole bears thing, and I'll go duh bears, duh bears, duh bears. Jason, you're gonna be so proud of me. It, there's this is a 57 minute podcast so far, and this is our last game. Holy mackerel! I'm I'm giving credit to the bye weeks, but I'm I'm proud of you as well. You did it. You kept <laughs> the podcast at an hour. Jason, where could they find you? At Road FF Jason. You can find me at Before Broad. we go, I'd oh like to know. Oh my God. That Jason's going to extend this past an hour. It's going to be all his fault. No, because we didn't talk about Cole Komet because he did play 83% of the snaps last week. He's running 20 routes a game. If the Bears quarterback, whoever it is, if it's Fields the rest of the year or whatever, if he ends up looking competent at any point, Komet will enter the tight end streaming conversation. But right now, the Bears are disgusting. Fields is thrown for over 115 yards once. Okay, now he can do it. At BrotoFF Jason. <laughs> Michael. At BrotoFF Mike. You can find me at BrotoFF Tim. You can find Cass. Again, happy birthday to our math magician, uh, Santiago Casanova, at BrotoFF Casanova. Uh, you can find us at patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy. Uh, rewind to the beginning of the show if you want to see all the good things you could get on patreon.com. Don't forget BrotoFantasy.com and, of course, the Fantasy Football by Broto app. Um, if you want to email us, uh, you could use any of our names, Jason, Michael, or Tim, at BrotoFantasy.com in case you just want to send us an email and say, what's up, how are you doing? Or if you want to send us a business inquiry and give us a million dollars, we'd really appreciate it if you could do that. Uh, with that being said, I'm going to end this before an hour is over so that Jason can owe me. Uh, so I think we bet on it at one point. I'm going to have to collect on that bet. Nothing to say? Okay. Am I supposed to respond whether there's a bet? There's no bet. I don't know what you're talking about. See ya. Yeah, Tim, you're just making things up. Peace. Later. Later. I'm going to collect that bet now.